0: Section 3 of Gray's Anatomy, Part 5. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Anatomy of the Human Body, Part 5, by Henry Gray. The Larynx, Part 2. Interior of the Larynx. The cavity of the larynx, cavum laryngus, extends from the laryngeal entrance to the lower border of the cricoid cartilage, where it is continuous with that of the trachea. It is divided into two parts by the projection of the vocal folds, between which is a narrow triangular fissure or chink, the rima glottidis. The portion of the cavity of the larynx above the vocal folds is called the vestibule. It is wide and triangular in shape its base or anterior wall presenting, however, about its center the backward projection of the tubercle of the epiglottis. It contains the ventricular folds, and between these and the vocal folds are the ventricles of the larynx. The portion below the vocal folds is at first of an elliptical form, but lower down it widens out, assumes a circular form, and is continuous with the tube of the trachea. The entrance of the larynx is a triangular opening, wide in front, narrow behind, and sloping obliquely downward and backward. It is bounded in front by the epiglottis, behind by the apices of the arytenoid cartilages, the corniculate cartilages, and the interarytenoid notch, and on either side by a fold of mucous membrane, enclosing ligamentous and muscular fibers, stretched between the side of the epiglottis and the apex of the arytenoid cartilage this is the area epiglottic fold on the posterior part of the margin of which the cuneiform cartilage forms a more or less distinct whitish prominence the cuneiform tubercle the ventricular folds plicae ventricularis superior or false vocal cords are two thick folds of mucous membrane each enclosing a narrow band of fibrous tissue the ventricular ligament which is attached in front to the angle of the thyroid cartilage immediately below the attachment of the epiglottis, and behind to the anterolateral surface of the arytenoid cartilage, a short distance above the vocal process. The lower border of this ligament, enclosed in mucous membrane, forms a free crescentic margin which constitutes the upper boundary of the ventricle of the larynx. The vocal folds, plei, vocalis, inferior or true vocal cords, are concerned in the production of sound and enclose two strong bands named the vocal ligaments, ligamenta vocalis, inferior thyroarytenoid. Each ligament consists of a band of yellow elastic tissue attached in front to the angle of the thyroid cartilage and behind to the vocal process of the arytenoid. Its lower border is continuous with the thin lateral part of the conus elasticus. Its upper border forms the lower boundary of the ventricle of the larynx. Laterally, the vocalis muscle lies parallel with it. It is covered medially by mucous membrane, which is extremely thin and closely adherent to its surface. The ventricle of the larynx, ventriculus laryngis Morgagni, laryngeal sinus, is a fusiform fossa, situated between the ventricular and vocal folds on either side and extending nearly their entire length the fossa is bounded above by the free crescentic edge of the ventricular fold below by the straight margin of the vocal fold laterally by the mucous membrane covering the corresponding thyro the anterior part of the ventricle leads up by a narrow opening into a cecal pouch of mucous membrane of variable size called the appendix the appendix of the laryngeal ventricle appendix ventriculi laryngis, laryngeal saccule is a membranous sac placed between the ventricular fold and the inner surface of the thyroid cartilage occasionally extending as far as its upper border or even higher it is conical in form and curved slightly backward on the surface of its mucous membrane are the openings of sixty or seventy mucous glands which are lodged in the submucous areolar tissue This sac is enclosed in a fibrous capsule, continuous below with the ventricular ligament. Its medial surface is covered by a few delicate muscular fasciculi which arise from the apex of the arytenoid cartilage and become lost in the areopiglottic fold of mucous membrane. Laterally, it is separated from the thyroid cartilage by the thyroepiglotticus. These muscles compress the sac and express the secretion it contains upon the vocal folds to lubricate their surfaces the rima glottidis is the elongated fissure or chink between the vocal folds in front and the bases and vocal processes of the arytenoid cartilages behind it is therefore subdivided into a larger anterior intramembranous part glottis vocalis which measures about three-fifths of the length of the entire aperture and a posterior intercartilaginous part glottis respiratoria, posteriorly it is limited by the mucous membrane passing between the arytenoid cartilages. The rima glottidis is the narrowest part of the cavity of the larynx, and its level corresponds with the bases of the arytenoid cartilages. Its length in the male is about 23 millimeters; in the female from 17 to 18 millimeters. The width and shape of the rima glottidis vary with the movements of the vocal folds and arytenoid cartilages during respiration and phonation in the condition of rest that is when these structures are uninfluenced by muscular action as in quiet respiration the intramembranous part is triangular with its apex in front and its base behind the latter being represented by a line about eight millimeters long connecting the anterior ends of the vocal processes while the medial surfaces of the arytenoids are parallel to each other and hence the intercartilaginous part is rectangular during extreme adduction of the vocal folds as in the emission of a high note the intramembranous part is reduced to a linear slit by the apposition of the vocal folds while the intercartilaginous part is triangular its apex corresponding to the anterior ends of the vocal processes of the arytenoids which are approximated by the medial rotation of the cartilages conversely in extreme abduction of the vocal folds as in forced inspiration the arytenoids and their vocal processes are rotated lateralward, and the intercartilaginous part is triangular in shape, but with its apex directed backward. In this condition, the entire glottis is somewhat lozenge-shaped, the sides of the intramembranous part diverging from before backward, those of the intercartilaginous part diverging from behind forward the widest part of the aperture corresponding with the attachments of the vocal folds to the vocal processes. Muscles. The muscles of the larynx are extrinsic, passing between the larynx and parts around. These have been described in the section on myology, and intrinsic, confined entirely to the larynx. The intrinsic muscles are cricothyroidius, cricoarytenoidius posterior, Cricoarytenoidius lateralis, arytenoidius, thyroarytenoidius. The cricothyroidius, cricothyroid, triangular in form, arises from the front and lateral part of the cricoid cartilage. Its fibers diverge and are arranged in two groups. The lower fibers constitute a pars obliqua and slant backward and lateralward to the anterior border of the inferior cornu. The anterior fibers forming a pars recta run upward, backward and lateralward to the posterior part of the lower border of the lamina of the thyroid cartilage. The medial borders of the two muscles are separated by a triangular interval occupied by the middle cricothyroid ligament. The cricoarytenoidis posterior, posterior cricoarytenoid arises From the broad depression on the corresponding half of the posterior surface of the lamina of the cricoid cartilage its fibers run upward and lateralward and converge to be inserted into the back of the muscular process of the arytenoid cartilage the uppermost fibers are nearly horizontal the middle oblique and the lowest almost vertical the cricoarytenoideus lateralis lateral cricoarytenoid is smaller than the preceding and of an oblong form it arises from the upper border of the arch of the cricoid cartilage and passing obliquely upward and backward is inserted into the front of the muscular process of the arytenoid cartilage the arytenoideus is a single muscle filling up the posterior concave surfaces of the arytenoid cartilages it arises from the posterior surface and lateral border of one arytenoid cartilage and is inserted into the corresponding parts of the opposite cartilage. It consists of oblique and transverse parts. The arytenoideus oblicus, the more superficial, forms two fasciculi which pass from the base of one cartilage to the apex of the opposite one, and therefore cross each other like the limbs of the letter X. A few fibers are continued around the lateral margin of the cartilage, and are prolonged into the epiglottic fold, they are sometimes described as a separate muscle the aryepiglotticus. epiglotticus the arytenoideus transversus crosses transversely between the two cartilages the thyroarytenoideus thyroarytenoid is a broad thin muscle which lies parallel with and lateral to the vocal fold and supports the wall of the ventricle and its appendix it rises in front from the lower half of the angle of the thyroid cartilage and from the middle cricothyroid ligament its fibers pass backward and lateralward to be inserted into the base and anterior surface of the arytenoid cartilage the lower and deeper fibers of the muscle can be differentiated as a triangular band which is inserted into the vocal process of the arytenoid cartilage and into the adjacent portion of its anterior surface it is termed the vocalis and lies parallel with the vocal ligament to which it is adherent a considerable number of the fibres of the thyroretinoideus are prolonged into the airy epiglottic fold where some of them become lost while others are continued to the margin of the epiglottis they have received a distinctive name thyroepiglotticus and are sometimes described as a separate muscle a few fibres extend along the wall of the ventricle from the lateral wall of the arytenoid cartilage to the side of the epiglottis and constitute the ventricularis muscle actions in considering the actions of the muscles of the larynx they may be conveniently divided into two groups that is one those which open and close the glottis two those which regulate the degree of tension of the vocal folds the cricoarytinoide posteriores separate the vocal folds and consequently open the glottis by rotating the arytenoid cartilages outward around a vertical axis passing through the cricoarytenoid joints, so that their vocal processes and the vocal folds attached to them become widely separated. The cricoarytenoid laterales close the glottis by rotating the arytenoid cartilages inward so as to approximate their vocal processes. The arytenoideus approximates the arytenoid cartilages and thus closes the opening of the glottis, especially at its back part. The cricothyroidi produce tension and elongation of the vocal folds by drawing up the arch of the cricoid cartilage and tilting back the upper border of its lamina. The distance between the vocal processes and the angle of the thyroid is thus increased and the folds are consequently elongated. The thyroarytinoide, consisting of two parts having different attachments and different directions, are rather complicated as regards their action. Their main use is to draw the arytenoid cartilages forward toward the thyroid and thus shorten and relax the vocal folds. But, owing to the connection of the deeper portion with the vocal fold, this part, if acting separately, is supposed to modify its elasticity and tension, while the lateral portion rotates the arytenoid cartilage inward and thus narrows the rima by bringing the two vocal folds together. The manner in which the entrance of the larynx is closed during deglutination is referred to on page 1140. Mucous Membrane The mucous membrane of the larynx is continuous above with that lining the mouth and pharynx, and is prolonged through the trachea and bronchi into the lungs. It lines the posterior surface and the upper part of the anterior surface of the epiglottis to which it is closely adherent, and forms the aryepiglottic folds, which bound the entrance of the larynx. It lines the whole of the cavity of the larynx, forms, by its reduplication, the chief part of the ventricular fold, and from the ventricle is continued into the ventricular appendix. It is then reflected over the vocal ligament, where it is thin and very intimately adherent covers the inner surface of the conus elasticus and cricoid cartilage and is ultimately continuous with the lining membrane of the trachea. The anterior surface and the upper half of the posterior surface of the epiglottis, the upper part of the areopiglottic folds, and the vocal folds, are covered by stratified squamous epithelium. All the rest of the laryngeal mucous membrane is covered by columnar ciliated cells, but patches of stratified squamous epithelium are found in the mucous membrane above the glottis. Glands, The mucous membrane of the larynx is furnished with numerous mucous-secreting glands, the orifices of which are found in nearly every part. They are very plentiful upon the epiglottis, being lodged in little pits in its substance. They are also found in large numbers along the margin of the area fold, in front of the arytenoid cartilages, where they are termed the arytenoid glands. They exist also in large numbers in the ventricular appendages. None are found on the free edges of the vocal folds. Vessels and nerves. The chief arteries of the larynx are the laryngeal branches, derived from the superior and inferior thyroid. The veins accompany the arteries. Those accompanying the superior laryngeal artery join the superior thyroid vein, which opens into the internal jugular vein while those accompanying the inferior laryngeal artery join the inferior thyroid vein which opens into the innominate vein the lymphatic vessels consist of two sets superior and inferior the former accompany the superior laryngeal artery and pierce the hyothyroid membrane to end in the glands situated near the bifurcation of the common carotid artery of the latter some pass through the middle cricothyroid ligament and open into a gland lying in front of that ligament or in front of the upper part of the trachea, while others pass to the deep cervical glands and to the glands accompanying the inferior thyroid artery. The nerves are derived from the internal and external branches of the superior laryngeal nerve, from the recurrent nerve, and from the sympathetic. The internal laryngeal branch is almost entirely sensory, but some motor filaments are said to be carried by it to the arytenoideus. It enters the larynx by piercing the posterior part of the hyothyroid membrane above the superior laryngeal vessels and divides into a branch which is distributed to both surfaces of the epiglottis, a second to the aryepiglottic fold and a third, the largest, which supplies the mucous membrane over the back of the larynx and communicates with the recurrent nerve. The external laryngeal branch supplies the cricothyroidus. The recurrent nerve passes upward beneath the lower border of the constrictor pharyngeus inferior immediately behind the cricothyroid joint. It supplies all the muscles of the larynx except the cricothyroidus and perhaps a part of the arytenoideus. The sensory branches of the laryngeal nerves form supepithelial plexuses from which fibers pass to end between the cells covering the mucous membrane. Over the posterior surface of the epiglottis, in the area poglatic folds, and less regularly in some other parts, taste buds, similar to those in the tongue, are found. End of section three